Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. When Hurricane Katrina left more than 250,000 pets stranded, the infrastructure of a nationwide dog rescue effort was born. Since then, millions of Southern rescue dogs have been transported to new homes thanks to the tireless efforts of a grassroots network of dog rescuers. And while the media has popularized the image of dogs climbing out of transport trucks and into the arms of eager adopters, little attention has been paid to the other side of the stories. And that's where this wonderful documentary film called Free Puppies comes in, because this particular documentary film takes us on a journey through many of the places where these animals are not being helped to the degree they should, but but for the help of these wonderful volunteers who do their very, very best. We're joined today by one of the co-directors of the film. That would be Samantha Wishman, as well as one of the subjects of the film, and that would be Manda Wooten. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, I'll start with you, uh, Samantha. How did you come upon the project, the good work that Monda and Anne and so many others are doing? How did you come about uh, this project? Uh, it started with a personal experience of trying to help my mom adopt a dog through an app called Pet Finder that connects adopters with, with available dogs. And we were in Connecticut and she found this dog, Stuart, who she loved, who was from Mississippi. And they they were saying that they would transport him up to Connecticut. Um, And we decided to to go for it. We had talked with the rescue group. We saw videos of him. We talked with his foster and felt like he was the right fit for, for our family and for my mom's other dog. He came up on a truck and it was a very kind of miraculous sight to be we were at a highway rest area and there were all these like huge trucks that were bringing you know things to like 7-eleven and then there's one that's just full of dogs and there were 80 of them and I spoke to the driver because I was so overwhelmed by the scene and she said that she came every week and that there were many more of her and I started to look into what was going on and realized that the the scale was was really significant and uh, had been going on for a long time and even before Katrina, but not uh, to the same degree. There were so many people who I started to talk to who also had adopted dogs from the South and, you know, love their dog, but knew very little about what was going on that had led them to be making this, this journey. So it was the, the lack of knowledge and then the curiosity by so many people who I spoke to that made me think that it would be um, a really worthwhile thing to learn more. So I, we have a mutual friend, uh, Muffy Meyer, who I spoke to early on in the project. She's a documentary filmmaker. And she said, you know, I think this is a great idea. And I actually have a very good friend in Georgia who you should meet named Monda. And that was how that initial introduction took place. And Monda kind of took it from there in terms of yeah. opening up. Yeah, Monda, um, you live in Georgia, Trenton, Georgia. Yes. That's where you're yes. from. And you have this amazing energy, which it comes across in this in the film, and this love of animals, and and you have this way with people as you're talking to them about, as we see in the film, 
talking them in and out of things that they should or should not be doing. And I, I, I love that about, about you and uh, about what you do. Tell me a little bit about your backstory. Let's talk a little bit about where you're from and how you got involved in this wonderful project. Well, I'm actually from Georgia. I've been here my whole life. You know, I didn't grow up with a, a lot of pets or my own. It started with my son, I guess. He was four years old and, and all he wanted was a little black dog for his birthday. He asked for one for his birthday, for Christmas, for uh, Valentine's Day. I mean, any any day that came up, anything that come up, he wanted a little black puppy. So, you know, so kids have a way of, you know, getting you to do things you really didn't want to do. I, like a lot of other people, I just thought, okay, we'll find a, we'll find a little black dog to buy. So I found a puppy mill and we went and we bought this little, little Yorkie that, that we absolutely fell in love with. But, um, but while I was there, I was looking around and, you know, and it just didn't feel right. It didn't look, it didn't look good and it didn't feel right. You know, there was just a lot of, uh, a lot of crates with dogs, you know, they had maybe a two by three space that they lived in and they were there basically to do nothing but reproduce. And this little dog that I got, um, it was actually four months old and they had decided to keep it. Uh, they was going to use him for breeding, but he got a little bit bigger than they wanted him to. And they thought that, you know, he, you know, they wanted to keep breeding to get them smaller and smaller. And so, uh, so this one was like four months old and at four months, you could tell, I mean, I, I could tell the whole time I had this little dog, um, he'd had some issues. He just didn't bond well. You know, he just, he just lived a life with no affection. It didn't feel right. And I just started rescuing. I started noticing this dog on the side of the road and this dog running through the neighborhood. And before I knew it, uh, I had dogs at my business, had dogs at my house, at my mother's house, my friends' houses, just everywhere, trying to save them all. And that, and it and it just came from there. And then as time went by, I had to learn, you know, some hard lessons and uh, and kind of uh, developed into to who I am and what I do now. You know, your story is so similar. My sister had a similar experience. But we've almost always gotten dogs and cats that were found and handed over to us. Mm -hmm. One time she went out to find a black lab that she was just had to have. I drove her out there at least a hundred miles from here. <laughs> we got there and it was sketchy. It really was. It really turned out to be And this dog. God bless him. But he had hip dysplasia. He had all kinds of things that were, were wrong with him. And, and over the course of his lifetime, he, he just didn't fare well. So I'm saying this because on one hand, you have literally millions of dogs who are waiting to be adopted, who need a home. And then you have the other side of the coin, which is these shady entrepreneurs, and that's in quotes, yes. who are out to fleece people who have this affection and love for cats and dogs into, into doing something that there's a, there's no need. You can find my my dad's dog is a dachshund who was a found was chained to a chain link fence for a couple of years apparently, mm -hmm. you know. And now it's that's the greatest dog you'd ever want. So I'm just saying these because these are the kinds of stories we see in the film. These are the kind of things that are every day. Yeah, I'm I'm so grateful for you and Anne and um who else Anne Ruth. and Ruth and so many others we see in the film for what you do because that's that's the work. That's where you can get the best possible 
companion you'd ever want is is through this. Before we go too farther far into this, um, Wanda, I want to I want to give a plug to your business because what, what you you your business is for flooring, right? Oh, uh, yes, and and I guess you could say that's what that's what finances my my little hobby here. <laughs> that's why I want people to know if they're ever, they, I'm sure they can order from you anywhere in the country. But what's what's the name of your business? Wanda? It's called Discount Flooring. Okay. In Trenton, Georgia. So we're looking for it. You've got a website and all that. So people who are listening, Trenton, Georgia, discount flooring. There you go. Okay, great. Well, let's, let's talk, let's talk about in general, because there's some amazing statistics in the film. Samantha, let's talk about, and particularly in the South, and and there are some reasons for that, as far as the population of of, uh, dogs that need to be helped. How did that, what were some of those statistics and why? some of the reasons for that. The statistics are a difficult thing in the dog rescue world um, and they're hotly contested. But what we do know is that the rural shelters have a real problem with having just too many dogs that they are not able to to handle with the resources, with the uh, infrastructure that they have. So, you know, the, the there are a number of factors, which is why, you know, you, you see it in the film. It's not one single thing, but we know that there are longer breeding seasons that the warmer climate um, means that you have dogs that live through the winter outside that uh, in the rural areas, they often roam, which means that you have a lot of uh, litters being born that with no one really to take, to take care of them, they end up being taken into shelters there's a lot of, as you guys were talking about, backyard breeders is a, a big thing. We went to some of the markets and there will be puppies for sale for $10, $20. I think we were getting an inflated price of like $25. There's, you know, they talk free puppies and title of the film comes from the fact that so many dogs are kind of just put in little in boxes and says free puppies, just give them away. There are so many. And so people, there's a lower kind of threshold to even getting a dog in the first place, which means that I think they're more likely to be surrendered later on because there are a number of reasons why people surrender and often for good reasons, but, uh, you know, it can be very expensive if something goes wrong uh, to pay a vet bill. Vets are very expensive. It's a big commitment. And you end up seeing a lot of dogs going back into the shelter system for that reason. Well, what I had never heard of, I've never thought it through, and it's mentioned in the film, is that unfortunately the South has been on the receiving end of a number of natural disasters over the last decade or so. And that certainly has contributed. Monda, in terms of sort of the impact of like something like Irma or Katrina, or I mentioned that in the introduction and how that impacts, we think of the, the human cause, people fleeing from their homes, finding shelter. We don't think, at least I wasn't thinking about the cost of animals who are in, who are completely naked, if you will, or un- they're they're open to all of these natural disasters in ways that are horrific. Um, has that been your experience in terms of how those dogs come, come to Normally, be? Normally what happens with animals uh, when there's a when there's a catastrophe like that is is you have you have people like myself, but um, that that come together to to make a, a large uh, a large group, I guess you would say, or, or, or bigger organizations that get involved. Um, and they just use their own resources. I mean, it's not a, uh, in the South, people are just real reluctant to, um, 
to be okay with their tax dollars uh, okay. spent on, on things like that. You know, for animals, it's, it's sad because um, we're all responsible. You know, it's a, it's community, a community problem and it should, and it deserves a community response, but we, uh, we battle that all the time. So, so I think what you're saying is a natural disaster like Katrina, you see large national organizations move in to help the animals. But absent that, what you're saying, there's not much of an infrastructure for these animals to be helped. Is that? Is that yes, and, and, it, and it's like anything else. It kind of flows down downhill um, because what will happen is like uh, Atlanta Humane Society is excellent about uh, about stepping up when there's problems like that. But Atlanta Humane Society partners with a lot of folks, you know, on a, on a much smaller scale like myself, trying because they, they realize what's going on out here and they realize that we're, you know, kind of the grassroots, you know, out here. And so so they try to partner with us and, and assist us whenever they can, um, you know, donating food and supplies when when they're available. And so um, and, and they actually will will take animals from us sometimes because um, they're they've got, you know, big, nice facilities and uh They've, you know, they've been doing it for a long time and they have a lot of uh, a lot of people that that actually vets homes before they're adopted. They do huge adoption events. So so what will happen is when a disaster like that comes along, it kind of bogs them up. Hmm. So therefore, it comes down to us and we're like, you know, we're stuck for a while because they can't help us because they're doing that. Yeah. And you see that it's in the film, by the way, the film is Free Puppies and we see that sort of that back and forth in the film with the uh, city council members in the area, your your efforts and the part of others to essentially put this as a priority for them and to do. We're speaking with uh, one of the co-directors, uh, Samantha Wishman, and the other co-director is Christina Thomas, as well as Monda Wooten, and they are all part of this wonderful documentary film called Free Puppies. For people who want to help you, and where you are, Mondo, or how can people who are hearing our conversation contribute either locally or nationally or to what you're doing in ways that can be meaningful? Well, as far as, as, as us directly, they can go, uh, they can look us up on Instagram. It's Dade County Pet Project. Follow us there. We share our stories. Um, of course, we're always we're always open for any kind of donation. But you know, this is what I'm saying: just do, do your part. Uh, you know, where you, wherever you're at, it doesn't matter where you're at. There's things that you can do in your community. Um, donate to an animal rescue organization there, uh, and fostering foster an animal uh, until they can find their forever homes. Uh, if you're if you're big on social media. Uh, amplify information about animal shelters, about uh, animals that are up for adoption, because the more exposure they get, you know, the better chances they have, um, you know, report animal abuse. Spade and neuter. Uh, now, listen, I can't believe I left that one out because that's the one that I live and die by. Spay, neuter, spay, neuter, spay, neuter, because if you can prevent those unwanted litters from ever coming, then they don't wind up in shelters. They don't wind up on the side of the road. 
there's so many unwanted letters. Well, thank you to both of you. Thank you so much for the film. It is a wonderful watch. And it's good to see people on the ground doing the things that need to be done. It's also wonderful to see the scope of the issue. And you, Samantha and Christine, have done a wonderful job of laying that out in the film Free Puppies. So thank, thank you to both of you for your work and for your time here today on Film School Radio. Really appreciate it. Well, after December the 13th, you can go download uh, any, wherever you download or, or buy movies. You can go watch Free Puppies. Thank you. It, it's being released to First Run Features. That's right. I Thank you. For, uh, <laughs> and uh, available through First Run. You can check it out there. All that information will also be at the filmschoolradio.com website. All of the how you can watch and where you can go. And also, thank you for your work. Thank you so much. And I, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.